everybody, welcome back to the Backbuilders podcast. I believe this is episode 47. There is now my Patreon supporters, um, they give me requests as to what episodes they want to see done in the future. And I held a poll that was, I can't remember the other two options, but the main ones were addiction. You guys wanted me to talk about addiction, combating addiction, and then glory like what glory actually is what does it look like what does it feel like you know different types of it so i actually started writing a miniature essay on glory and i expected it to be only maybe two or three pages i 20 pages guys it turned into a 20 page essay now that's unedited i literally just read it or i write it and then i don't even read it back to it i just keep going and going so it's 20 pages so far it could be reduced down to like 10 by the time it's done. Um, but I wanted to do an episode today, kind of, I want to white pill you guys. I want to, if, if any of you guys don't know what a white pill is, it's basically the, it's the idea of hope and glory. It goes in line with the glory pill. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, which I, I, there's probably only a few of you guys that don't know what like red pilling is, blue pill, black pill, white pill all that kind of stuff, then I'm going to explain it to you now. But first and foremost, I want to thank our newest Patreon supporters. In the month of August alone, last month, we gained 25, I think more than 25 new Patreon supporters. I don't know what happened. We went from like 59 to 60, like 60 something to, excuse me, like a 90 in uh, only a couple of days. So I really appreciate your guys' support. Like it's, it kind of blew my mind. I mean, in, in on January, uh, July 31st alone, we got like 10. So I always want to start out the episodes now by giving a shout out to the newest Patreon supporters. And since we have so many, I'm going to spend like three minutes doing this. So I'm going to break it down 10 at a time. So first of all, the newest ones we got July 30th uh, and 31st is Sarah, um, Riley, Kevin James, uh, Tony, Peyton, Joshua, Nicholas, Gavin, um, Williamon. Sorry if I butcher you guys' names. Aiden, Cameron Peller, Jordan, Nicholas Post, Stephen Miller, my good friend Sergey, Ashley Davis, which is one of the few females left on my Patreon. There's about five out of the ninety. Uh, Colby and Kyle LeBlanc. So we'll end with Kyle LeBlanc, and I'll give you the rest of you guys a shout out on the next episode. So I appreciate all of you guys joining. Remember my Patreon, uh, just Google search Patreon Forest Money, and it'll pop up. Um, anyways, so yeah, appreciate all you guys support my Patreon. Um, there's a reason why I wanted to do this episode, and it was because my last post, which was, if you guys saw your ancestors are watching, which I think it was the last episode that I did, it was kind of like a black pill. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my Instagram and then go to the last video that I posted. And I spent like six to eight hours just editing this video. And it was kind of like a, just a black pill, like this hopeless, you know, doomful doomer type post, which really isn't the kind of message that I was trying to portray. And I look back on, it, I was like, damn, I don't want to be that black pillar, you know? So if you guys don't know what the black pill is, we'll actually look at this together the black, um, what is a black pill? So these are relatively new things, but oh, I, we have, we've actually talked about this before. So 
Um, according to Urban Dictionary, which I'll almost never reference anywhere, <laughs> but uh, black pill is a catastrophic prophecy or spiritless prophesizing for the future that is not necessarily grounded in reality. So it's a red pill. It says a red pill gone hopelessly bleak. And then it obviously gives you like the example. It says John had swallowed too many red pills over the last few sleepless nights and tried to black pill me um, that a race war would be happening any day now. Okay. That's one example because of a bad breakup. Steven black pilled himself into believing that all women would cheat on him. No matter what a month later, he unexpectedly swallowed a white pill and he became, uh, and, and he came when he came and his new girlfriend kept, <laughs> oh my God damn, I was, uh, uh, so, uh, man, this is why iTunes is trying to make me a, uh, mature audience only god damn it see this is why i don't read <laughs> urban dictionary oh okay i'll read it anyways um he unexpectedly swallowed a white pill when he came and his new girlfriend kept sucking proving the existence of a divine spirit and a glorious future for mankind i was trying to read that i was like came i was like that the, the grammar of that is wrong and then i kept reading i was like oh god damn it urban dictionary anyways ah, let's move forward uh, black pill. All right. So that's the black pill. It's just nihilism. It's just hopelessness. And what it is, is it's a red pill gone hopelessly bleak. So a red pill, you guys remember in the matrix when Nero, I think it's Nero. Yeah. Is it Nero? Maybe it's Nero. I don't remember. Um, but no, it's not Nero. It's that one dude. He offers him a red pill and a blue pill. And the red pill basically is if you take this pill, you're going to learn the truth, no matter what the truth is, no matter how painful it is, but it's the fact, it's reality. And blue pill is you're going to stay in this fantasy world. You're not going to know the truth, but you're going to live in this world of pleasure and you know, you're going to be protected from the truth and you're going to be happy. Um, that doesn't mean that red pills are necessarily there to make you unhappy, but the truth of like a lot of the times leads you to uncomfortable truths, meaning that you're going to learn something about the world that you didn't want to learn, but you know it now it's a red pill. It's the truth. Um, now the problem with red pills is that when you take too many, whether it's from reading books or, you know, binging on YouTube channels or whatever it is, I know there's a lot of like, there's an Instagram page called only red pills, which I had to unfollow. It's a great page, but it's called only red pills. And it just talks about how like Western society is eating itself. It shows a lot of like transgender children dancing and f dancing pretty much nude in front of other nude men. And it's like all this, they are red pills. But the problem is, is like if you overdose, if you just take too many red pills, it turns black. So the black pill, meaning like just hopelessness, like n in despair, that's, a that's actually the best way that I could possibly describe it is the black, black pill is despair. So when you, pr when you can't properly process a red pill and you take too many, that red pill turns black. Now that black pill, when you're in a black pilled state, when you're in a state of despair, it can last. I'm talking months or maybe even years if you can't get yourself out of it. Now, now I always tell people that I feel like you should know, you should know the taste of the black pill because I don't thoroughly believe you can appreciate the white pill, which we'll get to in a second until you know the taste of the black. So you know that quote, you can't 
it, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's basically like you can't fully appreciate the light until you know darkness or something like that. That's kind of what I believe. So I've I've been blackpilled before thoroughly that I've talked about in this podcast episode with death. I used to believe that death was just, you know, I was so blackpilled on death. It was painful. It, I used to believe that death was just the end and it's just blackness after life and this is all pointless and meaningless and you know um everybody that i love is going to die and you know why am i even born because i'm just going to die anyways it's pointless i was blackpilled on death and what death actually meant uh, and therefore i was blackpilled on life now i look back and i think of now i look on death as like a chapter to a new beginning a necessary jump from one life to the next right i believe that whether we are conscious or not after life is it's it's up in the air for me but i believe that there's more to to death than just the abyss all right so i white peeled myself on the idea of death i went from thinking that there was absolutely nothing after life and that there's just an endless abyss of darkness to now, oh, there actually is purpose to life and therefore there is a purpose to death. Um, so that's kind of what I mean by, by, by moving from the red pill, which is facts about life, the truth to you can't properly comprehend those red pills and you can't integrate them into your psyche that they turn rotten and they turn black. But you can turn your black pilled state into the white pill, which is basically what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is the white pill, um, according to Urban Dictionary, which hopefully doesn't give me another one like the last one. But the white pill is basically being aware of a difficult situation or position and having a fighting quote can do attitude and not giving up plus accomplishing said things within the difficult situation. And then it gives a second example, being optimistic, not merely through gut feelings, but via having thought about a situation enough to understand how to get through it successfully. Um, and then it gives a few more examples. It says, Tom, how do you get through such, how do you get on top of business in just a few months of work? And then Jim says, working hard, working correctly and taking the white pill. So the, the white pill is just basically not falling into despair, knowing that you can accomplish what you want to if you're just willing to have the right attitude about it. Now, does that mean you need to go into every situation with this just overly optimistic attitude? We all know that one guy who's just so optimistic about everything that it's actually unrealistic and harmful in a certain way. But you can still have a red pill idea or view of the world, right? You're based in reality. You're based in facts. You're based in the truth. And then from that, it goes one of two ways. It goes the white way, the black way, the, you know, the, the hope of the, the despair way, the, the, um, you know, way of glory. Um, and there's this individual who I know I've talked about multiple times in this podcast, but he talks about the white pill being, um, the glorious pill. So what he means by that is basically, he understands that he says that life is difficult and life has challenges and life has just tragedy. However, with the time that you're given on this earth now, you can accomplish things that you never thought that you would can accomplish before by just having a glorious attitude 
on the world, meaning that you, like I talked about in my last episode, you understand that your ancestors are watching you and that they are depending on you to pass the torch on, right? So a white pillar will say, my life is very difficult right now. I am very poor. Um, you know, I'm out of a job. The example is, you know, let's give the coronavirus an, an example. Let's, let's, let's use myself as an example here. You guys know that I've been chasing this dream of being a drill sergeant for the last, what, year, year and a half or so. And then I finally get on the trail and I get removed after five weeks because I got the coronavirus. Now, if black pilled forest were to take over, I would say, wow, holy crap. I just spent all this time, all this money, all this effort. I reenlisted twice to get a hat and badge only to get kicked off the trail. And now I'm pretty much unemployed. You know, I can't find any, I, I can't work because, you know, my, being a drill sergeant was my job and now I'm out of a job and now I'm not probably going to get on the trail until 2021. Like this is so hopeless. This is so pointless. I'm not going to reenlist anymore. The army is stupid and I can just fall in the, into this void. Whereas the white pilled me knows that this is really unfortunate and this is unlucky. However, I have an abundance of time now. I'm not broke. I don't have zero dollars in my bank account. I have a great support system, whether from family, friends, or people on social media or my audience. I have the rest of the year to write that book that I've been wanting to write. I have the rest of the year to work out, get in shape. I have the rest of the summer to get tan, to you know, build up my aesthetics, to build up my physique, to run, to get sun, to go camping, to do all those things. That is the white pill version of me looking at the world because it's really easy to fall into despair. And there is almost like this black pill demon that, that looks at you and it whispers in your ear and it tells you just succumb to your weakness, just succumb to your despair because it is, I will admit way easier to fall into despair. It is way easier to take the black pill than it is to take the white pill. The white pill takes an, an, an amount of energy that seems like it's a huge amount of energy to just stay in that white pilled state all the time. And just let you know, if you take the white pill, you're not always going to be in that white pill. You're going to fluctuate back and forth between the white and the red, but maybe even a little bit of the black. But for the most part, you stay within the white pilled range. But it takes a certain amount of energy to stay white pilled. However, it takes a a significant amount of energy to stay in that black pilled state. This negative energy, this... Um, vacuum-like energy that just that just holds you to the ground and it locks your legs in place and it just freezes your gut and you know tells you all these horrible things about the world and and it it, it becomes really overwhelming so my message to you guys this episode is really just to stay white-pilled I cannot express this enough that you as an individual most likely a man listening to this because we only have three percent females listening to this but this applies to you guys too is that you are here for a reason you are here to accomplish a mission i don't know what that mission is you probably don't even know what that mission is yet you're probably relatively young you know maybe not maybe you don't know what your mission is yet however it is your job to take that glorious white pill and to find out why you're here this may take two months two years, two decades, but you need to find out why you're here. I don't care if your mission in life is just to become a father or, you know, to work really hard at your job or, you know, to do anything like that, but you are here for a reason. This 
everybody wants to tell you, everybody wanted to tell me that my life is just an accident. It's just a coincidence, but I refuse to believe that anymore. I'm going to take the white pill. I'm going to take the glorious pill. I'm going to take the path that gives me the most honor, that gives me the most accomplishment, that makes my ancestors proud, my family proud, my friends proud, all of that. That's the pill that I choose to take because that is the right pill to take. We are lucky enough to be in a position at all, you know, whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally to where we can actually take certain steps into accomplishing things that will lead us to that white pill, right? And I talked to somebody the other day and he basically told me that he was really, really black pilled on death. He said that he, he was in the army and um, he said that he was like in formation or something like that. And that black pill of despair just hit him like a brick over the side of the head. And I know that feeling of, of being blackpilled by death and just realizing one day that you're going to die and that this body that you have now is going to be in a grave. And, you know, you may think that your life isn't going to continue on and that you may think that, you know, I, the, thing, the things that I've talked about before in my podcast, but I basically just told him, I was like, that is normal to be blackpilled by death and to not fully understand it and to feel corrupted by it and to feel overwhelmed by it. However, you are presented with an astonishing opportunity to have what is most likely what could be a very long, fruitful, glorious life of accomplishment, of doing what you want to do, of making everybody around you proud, making yourself proud, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your skin, your finances, you know, all this stuff like that, doing things that when you die, you are not on your deathbed in an endless bout of regret because you remember I've talked about in the past that one of my biggest fears is getting to the point to where, you know, I'm 95, hundred years old, however I'm going to live. And I just, on my bed, I'm like, wow, I just wasted, wasted my life. I just absolutely wasted it. But that's not how I'm going to be because I'm white pilled. I am, I understand that I am here for a reason and I see and I know that you also are here for a reason. And I'm not just saying that. It's so funny because because I get this. I When people used to tell me that, I don't think they were sincere about it at all. I, I don't. Because people, they do they do it to make you feel better or or I don't know. But I when people used to tell me that, it just sounded so insincere. insincere. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, thanks. Yeah, I know I'm here for a reason. Okay. Uh, but but now I, I look back on that and... and you know, maybe those those people, I believe that they were right. It was more so religious people, to be honest, that told me that, oh, you're here for a reason. You know, you're not an accident. And now I believe that. I don't believe that I'm here on accident. You know, I believe that I'm, I'm here for a reason. I believe that we're all here for a reason. It's interesting. It's weird. It's weird being a human and how we can fall into these different aspects of life that just... <laughs> I, I, I always tell people, I'm like, being a human is one of the hardest things I've ever done because we're just, I remember, remember you guys remember that one time when I, I told you guys that my grandpa, when I was like six, he told me, he's like, Fori, the day that you were born was the day that you were doomed. And I never forgot that. And he's not wrong in a certain aspect. He's just basically saying that the day that you were born, you know, is only going to lead up to your death. But there's this period of time from when I was, you know, zero minutes old to where I'm where I am now, where we have so many opportunities, you know, no matter what situation you're in, I don't give a shit 
I, I'm so tired of hearing people's excuses on Instagram and in life and in person. They say, oh, you know, I, I, I can't do this because I'm so poor or I'm so depressed or I'm so anxious or I'm so fat or, you know, I'm so ugly. I don't give a shit what your excuse is. I don't care. I really don't care. And, and any person you may be coming at me right now saying, oh, that's your quote point of privilege, you know, to be able to say that, you know, because you're healthy and blah, blah, blah. And you can afford these things. You can do these things. No, I, I got to the point to where I'm at today because I worked for it. I have the body that I have today because I worked for it. I have the finances that I have today because I worked for it. You know what I mean? why there's no reason why you can't do that yourself. And I don't mean you as in like you individual, you're so far behind, you're doing so bad, but this message is directly is directed towards the people who just need a little boost. If you're fat right now, if you're overweight, the only shame about being fat and overweight and feeling bad about yourself, not being able to look yourself in the mirror after the shower or not wanting to take your shirt off at the lake or anything like that. The only shame in all of that is staying at that point and not doing anything about it. Right? That is the only, if you're poor, if you're spending all of your money, if you're addicted, if you have an addiction, the only shame in having an addiction is not doing anything about it. Life is too short to be addicted. Being addicted to anything takes way too much time. I want to talk about addiction a little bit. Maybe I'll make an episode about it. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe this will be the episode, but Jordan Peterson, um, you guys know that I actually, I... I used to read a lot. I used to, I've watched every video on Jordan Peterson that's ever existed. I've read his books, except for uh, Maps of Meaning, which is like freaking huge book. The audio book is like 35 hours. I mean, I don't have time for that. But I would watch this seminar by Jordan Peterson and he basically, he, he brought up a really good point about combating addiction. He said, don't think about just beating the addiction and just, you know, I just got to beat the addiction and you know, if I just focus on doing this or that, he said, really, really, really focus on what your life would be like if you weren't addicted to what you're addicted to. And I like that because it kind of hops over the addiction itself and kind of propels you into the, it gives you this future idea of what you could be if you were not addicted to pornography, if you were not addicted to alcohol, if you weren't addicted to sex you know, women, a, a video games, anything. Think about what your life could be like if you weren't addicted and focus on that and speak it out. Like talk to a friend about it, you know, uh, write about it. Um, draw yourself as an individual who wasn't drinking every day or watching pornography every day. And I like that because that Jordan Peterson has a crazy way of black pilling people and white pilling people at the same exact time where he says that if you were to continue on this path of addiction that you are on now you let's use alcohol as an example you will ruin your relationships with your friends and family maybe your girlfriend or wife your children or whatever you'll become fat and overweight your testosterone levels will drop you will drink yourself into the grave however if you combat your addiction properly um and you imagine what you could be like if you weren't addicted, just think about it. You can have a great physique. You will be happy. Your testosterone levels will be high. You won't depend. You won't be spending a shit ton of money on alcohol. Alcohol is really expensive. And this could go for any addiction at all. To combat addiction, you have to think about what your life would be like if you weren't addicted to that thing. I always give the example of 
my video game addiction, which I'm very open about. I My brain is hardwired for video games, instant gratification. Most of ours is. That's why we like video games so much. But my brain is super hardwired towards video games and instant gratification and, you know, feeling like I just beat something or somebody or accomplished some goal. Video games speaks to me on a psychic level. It knows what I want and it gives me, and if it's money, um, you know, I'll play this game on economics, like a Starcraft game or something like that. Or if it's just shooting somebody in the face and, you know, outplaying them, Call of Duty right? If it's long-term goal accomplishment, World of Warcraft takes freaking 40 days to get to level 60 or 70 or 80 or whatever expansion you're playing. <clears throat> so you have to think about what your life would be like if you weren't addicted. And, and there's another thing too. There is a, there is definitely an idea of shame that is attached to being addicted, right? Whether it's shame from your peers or or, you know, your friends or your family, or maybe if you're religious from God. And I do think that shame is important because shame can drive you to make changes. However, there's a certain point when you just have to realize that you just got to get your shit done and that you have to change your actions and that you just have to make yourself a better person and acknowledge that shame and use it as a kind of a propellant. You know, you don't want to feel shame anymore. Shame is costs so much energy. It's so exhausting to constantly be living in a being ashamed of your body you know being ashamed of your drinking addiction video game addiction when somebody asks you oh why haven't you gone out recently or why haven't you hung out with us or why are you ditching us and you feel shame because you know that you're either drinking or watching porn or playing video games acknowledge that shame and just acknowledge that you don't want to feel it anymore what would my life be like if i didn't feel this shame anymore this this paralyzing feeling that is an over amount of shame life is too short to be addicted guys life is way too short to be addicted and i don't blame you if you're addicted to anything because i've been there you know ever since i was a kid i've always had addictions to various things luckily it was never alcohol or drugs or anything like that how i, ooh, I will actually admit there have been times in my life not recently but within the last like couple years when i have slowly felt myself on the bur uh, uh i i felt my my brain really liking alcohol uh this was when i was like in the army and at the back end of the army but i felt my brain really starting to feel like it could become something that would depend on drink so i understand that your brain uh changes chemically when you're addicted and that when you're getting out of that addiction you are actually changing the chemical composition of your mind. That's why they always say that to combat an addiction, the first 72 hours is the most difficult. It is. I remember when I was um, the most addicted to video games, which is actually not that long ago, um, when I like sold my laptop and I gave it away and I said, just take it. The, the first 72 hours, I just had this constant, and smoking, smoking is a perfect uh, example too. But, I had this constant gnawing in my gut. Something was just pulling me away and just constantly. And I was, I realized that it was my brain saying video games, video games. Like we have to go play. We have to go play. I couldn't enjoy family outings. Um, I couldn't enjoy being in the moment or hiking or anything like that because I was constantly being pulled back to my computer. That's how insane addiction is. Now is my computer is, is world of Warcraft call of duty physically 
pulling me back? No, but there's this like this umbilical cord of addiction that plugs into the back of your head and it constantly begs. It's like a demon on your shoulder that constantly begs. It just says, I want more. I want more. Give me more. And you're like, you want more. And you just walk towards, you know, your, your bottle of alcohol again or whatever. But I think one of the most underrated ways to combat addiction is actually through distracting yourself. So if you feel an urge that comes on from your addiction, I'm just going to say addiction. That's just, that's all encompassing drinking alcohol, cigarettes, porn, whatever. If you feel an addiction urge coming on an urge, you need to distract yourself. I don't care if it's, if it's going outside and planting a garden or leaves or, but you need to get away from that point of addiction, get away from it and distract yourself with a cold shower, with swimming, working out. That's why working out is great. Hanging out with friends, reading a book, going on a hike, jog, slapping yourself in the face. I don't care. You need to, you need to distract yourself. You need to pull yourself away from it, especially with you when you're within that first 72 hours. Um, after that, it obviously gets a little bit easier, but that's why that's why I recommend if you're addicted to, let's say me, when I was most addicted to video games, I got rid of the source of my addiction from the foundation. I gave myself no choice but to stop playing video games and wasting so much time and money on video games. I just sold my $1,400 gaming laptop like that. I put it on eBay. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I sold it for like 200 bucks and I just wanted to get rid of it. And I remember when I got rid of it, I was in so much pain. And I was like, God, I just want to play video games so bad. Like I used to wake up in the morning and play video games. And I was so excited and go to sleep and play video games. And, you know, it was a social thing for me because I got to play with my friends and it was fun. But, and that's the thing is like, if you're addicted to alcohol, go into your freaking cabinet and, uh, pour out all of your alcohol in the sink. Go do it. Just pour it out. It's going to feel wrong. It's going to feel like a sin. It's going to feel like you shouldn't be doing it at all. It's going to feel, and same thing with food junk food, just take, just cut it off at the source. I remember when I really, really started focusing on nutrition, I've always had like this kind of sugar addiction, like most of us do or have had where I just loved having candy in my house and junk food. I would literally, I just dumped all my food in the trash. And the same thing goes with if you have alcohol in your house too, and you're tired of drinking, just dump it out in the sink. I don't care if it's a sick or give it away to friends to just get it out of your house. Take away that source. Um, I remember when I was lifting really, really hard and I couldn't afford in my, you know, my nutritional plan to eat any junk food, I would get these insane urges where I would stop off at a gas station immediately, go into the gas station, buy a honey bun, a big one or something or multiple honey buns. And I would be in my car and I would feel so guilty about it because I know that it's a slippery slope getting back into a sugar addiction. It's one of my weaknesses, pastries. That's why I got so fat when I was in Sweden. But but I I would take my honey bun and I would hold it in my hand and I'd be looking at it and I would be wanting to take a bite out of it so bad. And then I'd have to look. This is what you have to do. You have to look at your addiction and you have to ask yourself, is this honey bun stronger than me? You have to twist it that way. Is this computer stronger than me? Is Pornhub stronger than me? Is this bottle of bourbon stronger than me? Am I so weak that this honey bun is beating me right now? Is this honey bun my master? Am I this bottle of Jack's slave? That's the way I had to look at it. That's the way I had to twist it. Am I so weak 
that I am a slave to this video game? Am I so weak that I can't resist this donut? That's the way that I started looking at it. It is a matter of strength and weakness. And you know what I did when I had that honey bun? Um, I remember I, I've done this specifically in Fort Campbell. I had the honey bun and I took that freaking honey bun. I think I may have even taken a bite, taken a bite out of it. Yeah, I did. Yes, I remember. I took a bite out of it and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And this may seem so silly, but this is how intense you should be getting with your, with combating your addiction. I took a bite out of it. I spat it out the window. <laughs> and then I took the whole honey bun and I tossed the whole thing out of the, out of the window. I just threw it out. A whole honey bun, one of those big ones. I think it was like a cinnamon bun. It might have even been a cinnamon, cinnamon thing. Toss your addictions out the window. Don't give yourself any opportunity to be enticed by it. You know, I don't care if you have to have somebody else hold you accountable. I don't care if you have to give somebody else your Xbox or your computer or whatever. Guys, life is so what Life is way too short to be addicted to things. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're addicted to drinking water. It's life is life is way too short to be addicted. So, you know, that is that is like the whole premise of this episode is that you are stronger than your addictions, you're stronger than your weaknesses, you're stronger than your urges. I want you guys to have a white-pilled outlook on life. It's a very easy place in time right now to be black-pilled and to feel despair and to feel weak and to feel like you have no chance or no hope. But on the contrary, I actually believe that we are all um, capable of our own development, our own changes, and that we should all be taking the glorious pill and striving for something outside of ourselves, something better than ourselves. You know, we are all marble slabs and we have the chisel. Anyways, I feel like that's enough rambling about the white pill and about addiction. I actually kind of like how the white pill and addiction uh, tied together in this episode. So we have a few things coming up. I may have Jack Donovan on a future episode uh, coming up. I hope so. I've read all of his books, Becoming a Barbarian and um, the, the, way of, uh, uh, the Way of Men and all that stuff. I got a good book. So I'm hoping to have a monsoon. I want to get more guests for you guys. But anyways, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to go work out. Um, I've been experimenting with tanning lately to see if I feel any better after tanning. And I actually do. I actually feel a lot better. It's just, you know, getting sun, just vitamin D and being outside. So no surprise there. But anyways, once again, if you guys want to support me on Patreon, just Google search Forrest Munden Patreon and my Instagram, Munden, M-U-N-D-E-N underscore Forrest, F-O-R-R-E-S-T. And give me a follow on there. But anyways, take the white pill, take the glorious pill. You're stronger than your addictions.